Today is Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros, a GOP contender for 2024. Just officially put her head into the ring. And revivals are breaking out at multiple universities. We'll have those top stories more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave a rating when you have a moment. Share it with a friend. Email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We're getting through the news of the cray together because it's really it's not fun to go at it alone, honestly, these days. And join, joining me as always to uh, get through that news of the cray, Billy Hallowell, Trey Gons Phillips. What's up, fellas? It's hump day. How are we doing? Well, I'm four copies in for the win today. <laughs> there you go. Four copies in at 7 a.m. Look at, look at you go. Well done. Well done. So what do we got coming up on the pod today, fellas? Revival Wire. We've got a lot of revivals <laughs> happening. And Good. And we are here to talk about all of it. It's amazing. Yes. And uh, also on the main thing, we have uh, Nick Hall, who's an evangelist and founder of the Pulse Movement. There, he's at Asbury University, which is where one of these uh, revivals are breaking out. Is that right, Trey? Do I have it accurate? Yeah, so that's where the first one broke out. And it's interesting, I think, the Asbury uh, situation, because they had a similar revival in 1970 at the same time period. Yeah. Uh, so it's happening all over again, obviously, many decades later. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk to Nick about what he's seeing there and, and the significance of revival. Yeah, and what it is exactly and everything else. We'll get into all those details here. Uh, in just a minute, but first we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. Former South Carolina Republican Governor Nikki Haley announced yesterday that she will run for president in 2024. China and Russia are on the march. They all think we can be bullied, kicked around. You should know this about me. I don't put up with bullies. And when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels. I'm and, Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. And that was from her announcement uh, that she released uh, on video on Twitter. She also said the Washington establishment has, quote, failed us over and over again. It's time for a new generation of leadership. And Pentagon officials say a significant amount of the electronic technology that was suspended below that Chinese spy balloon, you might recall from last week, uh, it was shot down 10 days ago. Has uh, It's been lifted from the floor of the Atlantic. And they're saying that this balloon, which I think was the size of approximately three school buses, all the electronics in there weighed about 2,000 pounds. And so in addition to that, a few days later, the um, military jets shot down an object in Alaska, a similar one in Canada, and a, quote, octagonal object over Lake Huron. And rescuers are still finding survivors amid the rubble after that devastating earthquake in Turkey and parts of Syria. It's the worst natural disaster in Turkey's history now. At least 35,500 known to be dead. You can help with the humanitarian effort by visiting CBN's Operation Blessing website, ob.org. We're on the ground there now. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at cbnnews.com. All right, guys, a lot going on there. Obviously, Nikki Haley throwing her hat into the ring and the earthquake. It's just so much that people are going through right now over there. And the efforts are ongoing to save people, still saving people. Incredible. And I'm still fixated on this, these shooting down of these multiple objects here now. And that there were 2,000 pounds of electronic equipment on these 
balloons. I still can't wrap my round mind around what China was doing. But then these other things coming in, it's just been it's just been so bizarre. Well, and I'm going to default back to what I've said. If people are willing to do this and take these chances, knowing who America is and the power that we have, then they must not have very much fear yeah. of America right now. And I think that's the most troubling part of this. I don't believe these are Martians. I don't believe these are aliens. Obviously, yeah. these are other countries trying to impede our airspace. Yeah, no, I think it's 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 interesting because I do think that it is creating that impression, right, that America is, is at least weak enough right now that you can kind of flex your muscle if you're another country and see, well, how far can I push this line? Yeah. Uh, so I think there's some of that happening. But I also think politically on the domestic front, it's interesting because it seems like the White House is also kind of taking advantage of what well, we can distract from all the economic issues that we're having uh, in our country right now because everybody's focused on these balloons. So maybe they're <laughs> aliens, maybe they're not aliens. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not convinced that a lot of this right now, a lot of the talking points coming from the federal government aren't just a political theater. Yeah, and a lot of people saying distraction, another motivation yeah. for this potentially, as you were saying, economy, other things like that. And also, too, it was widely kind of considered that the handling of this floating balloon over the United States was botched because it was allowed to traverse all the way across the country and gather whatever information it was gathering. It was allowed to do that before it was shot down. And some people think if it weren't for a farmer out in Montana who noticed it, that the the media might not even have caught on to this thing. or And then the White House might not have said anything about it. No one knows for sure. But uh, it's certainly raising a lot of questions. And um, again, like to your point, them calling, oh, we don't know, maybe it's aliens. It, sh it certainly seems like it's distracting the conversation <laughs> because the Pentagon's not saying that unless unless they absolutely, they, they know. They, they have didn't nothing else to say. They have nothing else. I mean, that that is the, by the way, they also missed, the U.S. jet missed yeah. with its first missile over Lake Huron. They, they actually missed it. I mean, that to me is also incredibly disturbing. A $400,000 missiles, by the way, which I don't even know where that missile ended up. I mean, did it land in so Oh, many no, it landed, it landed safely, harmlessly. <laughs> that was the word I believe they used, in the lake right. after missing the object. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought you were going to say so safely in well. somebody's living room there in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right, well, keep tab on those headlines and more over at CBNnews.com and faithwire.com as well. But we're going to go into a, a more positive story here, and these revivals are breaking out, one of them at Asbury, and it's been getting a lot of attention. But there are some other revivals breaking out. So what is going on here? Yeah, I mean, this is really interesting because for a long time we've heard evangelists say, look, culture is a disaster, but we are going to have another, you know, revival. And so you're watching me and who knows if this is it, but um, we're now looking at a second revival. This one is at Lee University in Tennessee. Uh, we sat down with Rob Fultz and talked to him all about it. He's the campus pastor there. Um, and he told me that revival started breaking out Monday. And what's interesting is there's a connection between the Asbury revival and this new revival at Lee. Um, he said that there were about eight students who were in a theology class and they were talking about Asbury. They were saying, wow, you know, it's incredible what's going on there. Why couldn't that happen on our campus? And so one of the students said, hey, why don't we go to the chapel and pray for our campus? Pray that we would have a revival, right? So that was their goal. Go and pray for that. And they went and that prayer ignited a revival. So they started having wow. students come in, people come in, professors come in. Uh, pretty amazing, incredible stuff. Yeah. And so has Rob 
seen anything like this on the campus before? Well, he has not. When I when I talked to him, it was Tuesday, so it was, it was yesterday um, afternoon, and he had spent all day Monday from 9 o'clock, this started 9 a.m. Monday morning, until 4 a.m. Tuesday morning. He was there until somebody came to relieve him um, to help him, and it continued going. And so he said he's been at the school for about five years. He's in his fifth year. He has never seen anything like this, but he did say there have been sort of murmurings, bubblings of spiritual you know, activity and growth on the campus in the last couple of years, but nothing quite like this. This is really an anomaly. And he said, it's been really incredible to watch. Hmm. And, you know, before you talk about some of the things that he's reported seeing during this revival, I mean, can you speak to just kind of what exactly this means? Like what, how do you know it's a revival? What are the signs of a revival? I guess like, what are people doing? Is it just kind of continuous worship or what, what, what sorts of things are happening? Yeah, I mean, it's continuous worship. He said, and I forgot what time, it, it was hours after this event started, like something like 10 hours after the the event started. And when I say the event, it's people speaking from the stage, from the pulpit, praise and worship, singing. There were no instruments involved for hours. That's how much people were just into this, singing, praising God, joining together in worship. Um, and, and that went on for hours before they brought a keyboard in, right, and started bringing instruments into this. So the way that this looks is really um, people are supporting one another, they're praying with one another, they're, um, you know, singing out, raising their hands, and it just goes on and on and on. People leave, people come, people go home to sleep, other people come. It's 1 a.m. It looks like it's a Sunday morning service, right? I mean, it's just mm. continuous. It looks to me a lot like praise and worship before church starts, right? Yeah. Where you've got some, maybe some preaching from the pulpit, but also music, you know, intense music. Yeah. And so it just seems like people on fire for the Lord there and just, you know, just the fire's burning and it keeps on going. So what, um, why, why does this matter in the broader scope of things, you think? Well, you know, we've seen this happen a number of times. What is intriguing to me is we're in cultural upheaval right now, and we were in cultural upheaval in the 1970s too, right? And that's when we saw the last wave of these happen. In fact, Asbury had one of its most famous ones in 1970, and it sparked, ironically, just a couple of weeks later, a revival at Lee University. Hmm. So this is almost mimicking what happened in February of 1970, we're watching this happen again. But I think the bigger thing, and this is something that Rob talked about um, in our interview, is that he really believes that this is a hungry generation, a generation that wants Jesus very badly, and a generation that in a lot of ways is lost. They're carrying a lot of burdens, and these are the murmurings of what he does believe. He's not saying it's going to happen right after this, but he does think the next great revival will happen in this generation. Um, and he feels God has impressed that on his heart. And so it's it's interesting to watch again. This shouldn't really be happening when you look at the cultural trends, but yet yeah. it's happening. Yeah, and you, you would just hope that something like this would happen on a broader scale across across the country. I mean, could you imagine if something like this happened like in Los Angeles or something or like downtown Hollywood, you know, Beverly Hills, all of a sudden, you know, a church is breaking out and, and people are, you know, gravitating towards God. I, you know, it's, uh, it's good to see, like you said, Billy, in, in the context of culture at large, because we see so much negative. I mean, we kind of half jokingly at the top of this podcast every day, talk about going through the news of the cray and, and because it does seem like that every single day, it seems like people are losing their minds. I mean, I just saw another video, um, whoever the fill in host was for the daily show. Cause I guess the other guy's leaving. I don't really watch it, 
But it was this whole skit on what's so great about being a single woman. Now, she's obviously a little older, like probably 40s, maybe. I don't know. I'm guessing. But it was just this very self-indulgent, look at all these things I can do because I don't have screaming kids. And it's it's just that's where we're at as a culture on top of, I mean, all the debauchery that's going on from a sexual perspective and everything else. So it's great to see this in light of all of that. Yeah, you know, something I think is really interesting, too, is where it's happening. That It's happening, uh, obviously, a lot of times revivals begin with younger generations. Um, but what I think is cool is that it's happening at college campuses, uh, which is interesting given the the temperature, the temperature at college campuses yeah. right now, right? I think a lot of our problems that we've had culturally, particularly when it comes to this like modern, modern version of the sexual revolution and the political revolution and, and the way things have been changing, uh, a lot of it started on college campuses. And there were some people sounding the alarm politically saying, this is a problem. Uh, and then we've had some people also Christians saying, this is a spiritual issue that's happening on college campuses. And these people are going to become our leaders. Uh, and now we're seeing these revivals breaking out, uh, obviously Christian colleges, but still on college campuses, uh, which I think is encouraging. We'll see how, how far it spreads and, and what kind of impact it has, but it has the, uh, the potential, I think, to be very culturally impactful. Mm. Agreed. Yeah, indeed, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. We're gonna keep we're gonna keep covering it um, over at cbnnews.com, faithwire.com, because it's it's first of all, if you're a Christian, you love to see it. Second of all, it's uh, it's it's a developing story. We're gonna we're gonna monitor it and see what's going on there. So, I uh, appreciate you bringing that one here today, and we're gonna move over to the main thing now. And on a similar note. Uh, we're going to be talking about what's going on over at Asbury University and Nick Hall, who's an evangelist and founder of the Pulse Movement. He's there uh, where this revival has broken out, and he spoke with Trey about what he's seeing on the ground there and explained the cultural significance of revival for today's main thing. Nick Hall, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. You're down at Asbury University right now, so it's been it's been a busy day for you. When did you get there? Yeah, so like I think most people that are here, uh, I just felt stirred to come, and so I traveled from uh, Minneapolis yesterday. Uh, got here yesterday afternoon, and uh, have been here now, you know, 24 hours. But the people have been here for now six days. So they just crossed 144 hours, which is uh, in 1970, there was a revival that happened here that went 144 hours. So they just passed that. And uh, man, it's amazing what God is doing here in Asbury, at Asbury University and uh, in Kentucky. And uh, you can just feel the hunger. It's real. You know, what I think is so fascinating is, and you touched on it, is that this happened really almost at the exact same time uh, in 1970. It was early February. Uh, and then also another interesting fact is that that revival in 1970 fed into a revival that happened at Lee University. Uh, and we're seeing some of that start to happen now there at Lee University. So maybe talk a little bit about not just the historical significance, but the cultural significance of revival going 144 hours, probably going to pass that mark from 1970. Yeah, you know, uh, one of my kind of friends and mentors would often say that revival is God's arrival. And so there's these moments in history where God uh, just manifests. It's almost like Jesus sets up a chair 
in a room and people just encounter his presence in a very tangible way. Um, it's happened throughout the history of the church. Uh, it's happened throughout American history. There's been several revivals and great awakenings. And so a revival is, a, is an encounter with God for the bride. It's, it's like, uh, it's a reckoning. It's a call to holiness. It's humility. Uh, it's, it's always marked by prayer. It's always marked by repentance. Uh, it's always marked by just a humble posture of God revealing himself and people repenting of sin. And that's what's happening here. I mean, literally people crying out loud, uh, repenting of sins. And then the whole audience repeating, you know, the blood of Jesus forgives you. Uh, being on the altar last night and today, people just weeping, crying out to God, people getting right with God. And again, like God always starts with his people before he goes outside, right? So like this is about uh, purification and holiness, but the, the the goal of all of it, the goal of every encounter with Jesus is that it doesn't stay with us, but it goes to people that need him, that are lost and hurting. And so that's, you know, that's the prayer here. There's commissioning every night. Um, people are going, people are coming from places and then bringing the fire back. You mentioned Lee. I've gotten reports from, you know, the Midwest already. I've gotten reports of kids coming from Boston, bringing it back to Boston, people at Cedarville in Ohio. Um, you know, so it's spreading. God's moving. You know, I think what's so incredible, too, about revival is like what you just mentioned, that it starts with the body of Christ, right? Believers uh, really getting themselves in the right heart and headspace uh, and and really being in a posture that's in obedience to the Lord with the intention that it'll go out into the culture. And I can't help but, but bring up the fact that our culture, I think, is so desperate for hope right now. Uh, we live in such a broken world. And I think so many people are looking to politicians, right? They're looking to the government or they're looking to Hollywood or the entertainment industry to kind of provide that footing and those solutions. And obviously as believers, we know that those institutions, uh, while they do help in certain areas, they also can do a lot of harm and they certainly cannot be a replacement for the Lord. Um, so I want to ask, where do you go after revival? Obviously, it's incredibly important to have this first step, but it's a first step. So what is the continuation of this look like for the believer? Yeah, I think I think revival should lead to discipleship and should lead to uh, commissioning work of reaching out. Again, the evidence that, and this isn't just true of a revival meeting, this is true of every encounter with the Lord. It's it's like the evidence that we've met with Jesus is what we do after we met with Jesus, right? It's like, are we keeping it to ourselves? Are we going back into the same struggles? Are we selfish? Are we loving? Are we, you know, it's just like it, it, you can see the two different sides. And so I think that's where this spirit of religion and judgmental Christianity or or a Christianity that wants to find power elsewhere, even like the God and country where it's like, I believe in my Bible, but I also need, you know, some other weapon or power or whatever. And it's like, no, like until God's enough for us, like nothing is going to be enough for us. And until like we're seeking power where ultimate power comes from, like we're going to continue to find ourselves wanting and hurting and empty. And, and yeah, I think that's a little bit of what's been exposed the last two, three years is in the pandemic with the racial tensions, with the political tensions, I think we've seen a lot of people who are, uh, you know, call themselves Christians that have acted just as crazy as the world. And it's sometimes 
have been some of the weirdest people, you know, of like, what are we doing? You know? And it's just think God is like, man, he's enough. And either he's trustworthy or he's not, and either he's good or he's not. And so I think this is an invitation. I really see this as a moment of invitation to get right with God. It's a moment of invitation to recommit to Jesus, to live in his love and to share that with others. And that has to start now. It has to start with us. And that's why revival is about me. Like it's about me. Like I'm not here for an interview. I'm not here with a camera. I'm not here trying to, I'm here because I want it and I need it. And that's when I preach the gospel, tell people of all the people who need Jesus, I'm always the first one in line. That's why I preach it. I don't preach it because I got it together. I preach it because I need it. And, uh, And so that's the prayer. God, start with me. You know, for the people who maybe can't get physically to where one of these revivals are breaking out, whether it's at Asbury or Lee or Cedarville or wherever it might be happening, but they're still desperate for that and they still want to have that connection with the Lord, how would you encourage them to be prayerful, not just for the people who are physically present at these revivals, but also for themselves if they're hungry for that same kind of revival in their spirit? Yeah. I mean, God is omnipresent, right? There's nothing more spiritual about the ground I'm standing and the ground people are watching this from, right? The Holy Spirit is where you are as you're watching this or as you're hearing this. And I believe there's an invitation right now for you to be right with God, to be reconciled to God, to experience more of the power and love of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And so there would be a couple of things like one, you know, revival again is always marked. There's this invitation, right? It's like uh, Evan Roberts, who is a part of a Welsh revival. They used to say, uh, number one, confess any known sin. Okay. So if there's any sin in your life, you know about confess it, get rid of it. Second, they would say, put away any doubtful habits. So if it's grave, get rid of it. Why are we doing it? Why are we playing games with like, I'm not sure about that. Like, yeah, just let's be holy. And then three, uh, commit yourself to the Lord's work. Get with other believers. So you can get with believers right where you live. If you're in Pittsburgh, if you're in, you know, Chicago, if you're in Mexico, like get other believers. If God's doing this now, let's be inspired by what's happening at Asbury. Let's see it here because God's here, right? So you start to pray and say, God, we want to do it. And then the fourth thing would be to put feet to your faith, right? Start to love your neighbor, go and share the gospel, go and help the poor, right? Those are the evidence of true revival is that it always moves beyond uh, the people of God into the streets. And so that's where it's like, it's hard to say, is this revival or not? Only time will tell. What we know is God's inviting people to turn to him. And that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. And Nick, you're you're an evangelist. You travel around the country, around the world, talking to young people uh, all the time. So this is something that you you have really dedicated your life to is is to sharing the gospel and to seeing the move of God uh, in the communities and with the groups of people that you minister to. So I want to ask as we're rounding out the conversation, what are you most encouraged by? What are you seeing on the ground at Asbury uh, that's really touching you? Yeah, man, this is just bringing me back to like why I started doing this. You know, my life was changed as a college freshman, you know, and I knew Jesus and I loved Jesus. And I even knew I had a gift in evangelism, but I was 18 and man, I needed an encounter with God. And it happened in my dorm room and it happened in the chaplain on my chapel on my campus. And I just met Jesus and I met the spirit of God in a way I'd never known before. And it just wrecked me. I mean, literally just, 
I quit everything. Like I quit, you know, I was on a college scholarship and I quit the basketball team. I just knew that I was on earth to tell people about Jesus. And so like being here, is just such a reminder of the faithfulness of God that he is still moving. He is still inviting. His power is real. His arm's not too short to save. And then just seeing the hunger, people complain. And I'll even be honest, like I'm 40 now, right? I'm not 18. That was 22 years ago, right? But it's like, I can complain sometimes about the next generation and their entitlement or their celebrity, you know, their egos or even laziness. But man, you know why we're here? You know why I'm in Asbury? Because a bunch of 18 and 19 year olds wouldn't leave chapel and they were so hungry. So the lead worshipers right now are the very kids that many of us have maybe spoken something negative about. And so maybe it's not all the negative things. Maybe it's just, we don't understand and God is getting to them in the way they need to have it. And, uh, and so it's just really giving me faith that this is a revival generation and man, these kids, they're going after it. They're wild. They're crazy. You know, they may not wear their shoes or have their hair combed (laughs) the right way, but you know, they're just, they're just in it, you know? And I just think that's where it's like, man, let's, it's all hands on deck. You know, last night I was at the altar and there's this young man next to me, just bawling, just bawling his eyes out and just, he was just repenting of sexual sin, pornography. And I mean, just weeping at the altar. And there was this grandma behind him. And something about this was so moving her that she started weeping. And I don't know if it was about a son of hers or a grandson of hers, or but I could tell that he was like so moving for her to see this young man and so she just starts weeping and gets on the ground and lays her hands on this other young man she doesn't even know and it was just such a a glimpse of heaven of just generations coming together and healing happening and and yeah just god's doing something you know and uh, and that's where i just say man if god's moving get in on it so it's like if there's an offer today then have your hands open and say god do it in me All right, Trey, thanks so much for that conversation. Appreciate it. And that leaves us with time here for one last thing. Well, given the focus of uh, of the podcast <laughs> unintentionally today, ended up being completely focused on revival. I thought we should look at a verse that's uh, pertinent to that. So Psalm 85, 6, it says, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's a great verse because look, I, if we're being honest as Christians, you know, you're going through the daily grind of life and it can, you can get monotonous, right? You can kind of lose that passion, that fire. And we need to ask the spirit to help us kind of revive again, be excited again, be on fire for the Lord and seeing these people uh, at these colleges do just that. Um, Hopefully that will, hopefully that will help ignite us a little bit and get us uh, excited again. Yeah, we get tired, we get yeah. beaten down, you know, and, and I think that's so true. And I, and I love that scripture because it's a reminder to to get back up and dust yourself off and get closer to the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Good spot to leave it there for the for the uh, podcast episode today. As always, don't forget to go over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing to that creek don't rise, everybody. We will be back here tomorrow with more of the same. God bless. We'll see you then.